Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just take a moment and relax. Anything else that's going on, just let it fall by the wayside. Just remind yourself that that God loves you. He knows what you need better than you do. And he is meeting your needs right now. You have no spiritual needs. You are complete, whole, and entire in your spirit. And it is through your spirit that your solical needs are being met. This is the process. Don't take it personal that... You haven't gotten things done, if you haven't achieved certain things that you you thought you would have. Part of this process is to have a, a new understanding, a new perception of who and what you are. And this is something only God can reveal to you. Remember, he gave you the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions that he wanted you to have for this time. It wasn't by accident. It wasn't something out of his control. He specifically selected a soul for you to have here on this earth and a body. God doesn't do anything by accident or haphazardly. He's very deliberate. So the body that you have and the soul that you have you have to accomplish God's purpose. And what's his purpose? That you would be one, spirit, soul, and body. It's not so that you can serve him. He does, we are not servants. We are sons. We are joint heirs with Christ. We are co-inheritors. We have the same relationship with the Father that Jesus does. We are in him, in Christ. We're not servants. We don't, he doesn't need servants. He doesn't want servants. He's called us and brought us out to be one with him. We are not another. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't give his glory, his honor, his, his, who he is to others, and we are not others. We are not another. We are in him. We are partakers. We take part in his glory. We take part in his honor, and that's going to be part of our challenge. We are, we are so often, we perceive and we, we focus on the negative, on the things that must be done, being productive, being achievers, and climbing higher and higher and level by level, and and how you know how spiritual can we get and mature and and it's almost a competition. And yet, God says, all we are to do is respond. When he knocks, we open and sup with him, and he with us. 
we are so often so involved in what our own perception of, you know, being a good Christian, whatever that is, you're going to have a different idea of what that is than than me or someone else because it's based on our own history, our own temperament, the time we live in, the country we live in, all these other factors that we have no control over. And we see in part, we know in part, we cannot draw conclusions, and yet we try to. There's something in us that we want to try to understand. We want to use our mind and our will and our emotions to try to figure out God. Why? Why is that so important to us so we can have control? Always comes back to our soul wanting to control God. Obviously, we can't. That doesn't mean your soul's going to stop. Until your soul and spirit are one, your soul's going to try to maintain that separation. Because your soul wants to maintain control. Your soul is basically being run by fear. Fear of losing control, fear of rejection, fear of not being loved, of being, you know, um, of letting God down, of letting other people down, of not being loved, of not having its needs met. And yet God says, I've already met all your needs. You've just not experienced it yet, and I'm making you able to experience it. And yet Our soul wants to do it on its own terms. You know, it's the old adage about patience. Don't don't pray for patience because God's going to put you in positions where you need it. Well, we, we desire the things that we think please God and even that are good for us. So we want the right things, and yet we want to control how those, in other words, how we get patience. We, want, we, want, we just want God to drop it in. Just plink, there we go, we have patience now. And, and all these other, you know, the healing, the, the understanding, the wisdom, even our abilities, we just want, we want to be able to snap our fingers and it's done. This is where the whole concept, I think, of of these abilities being gifts. Even ministries are are gifts. Something God just here, now you have it. But we don't value what costs us nothing. So if they were just something God could give, and he gives as he chooses, we don't have any involvement in the process we don't have we haven't learned our soul hasn't changed anything our our soul hasn't given up its rights in those areas and when we again keep our eyes and our attention and our focus on god's purpose which is 
if we're wise, we'll accept that as our purpose, that we would be one spirit, soul, and body in Christ. He alone knows what that looks like. And since your spirit is in him and one with him, your spirit knows. But your soul doesn't. Your mind, when we try to fathom what it's like to be whole, spirit, soul, and body, what, you know, to not have any doubt, to know God, to have all the understanding and the confidence and the perfect assurance, to have a, what would it be like to have a healthy soul? That your mind is restored, your your emotions are are healthy and restored, and your your will that you're fully complying. You understand what God wants you to do, and you do it, and you enjoy it. I use that illustration of sitting with with God and 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 all our fellow believers at a table, and and God says, "Pass the salt," and we sit, we pass the salt. And then he says, pass the mashed potatoes, and we pass the mashed potatoes. He says, you, go heal that person. And that person leaves the table and goes and heals that person. He comes back, and he just rejoins the table, rejoins the conversation. Whatever it is we do in Christ, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter whether somebody else sees it. It doesn't matter whether it's, measures up to being something spiritual, or whether it's just passing the salt. Because it's God working through our spirit, through our soul, through our body, and into this earth. You know, grace is accepting unconditionally what God gives us and just saying thanks. And ministry is giving to others unconditionally and just saying you're welcome. It's not more complicated than that. There's the simplicity of devotion to Christ. So how how come we're so far from that relaxation, that confidence? The problem is our soul. You're, if you let it, your soul is going to keep you distracted. Now, God's still working on your soul, regardless of whether we are aware of what he's doing or not. But if, when, the more we understand what God has given us an opportunity to learn how to do, just as in this earth we learn how our body works, we learn how to walk, we learn how to talk, we learn how to drive a car, we learn how to do things with our body, likewise, we are to learn how our soul works. How to bring our mind under control. How to bring our emotions. To not make decisions based on our emotions. To not think we understand all things. This is where you know we begin to understand wisdom. That his ways are not our ways. The ways of the spirit are not the ways of the soul. And in a lot of ways, it starts with the whole understanding of of the supernatural realm. And super just means above. That 
the the realm we are most familiar with, the natural realm, is not our home. It's the home for our bodies, but not our soul and not our spirit. But our body, your body, was made to function a certain way here on this earth. It responds to gravity, it responds to time, to hunger, to pain, to all different things here on this earth. Likewise, your soul is made to function in the supernatural realm. And we can look at the supernatural realm like a country that has different regions in it, or even different counties. But regions is good. If We can talk about a country that has mountains in one area and uh, plains in another area, and then a beautiful river and lakes and different geographical areas, but all one country. And to live in the mountains, there are certain things you need to know about how to live in the mountains. To live next to the rivers and by the lakes, certain things you have to learn to know how to live next to the lakes and the rivers and everywhere in between in the forests on the coastlines. But you don't take one as being better than another. They're just different regions, and they have different requirements. And God has placed you in a particular area, in the mountains or in the lowlands. He's placed your soul in the solical area, in the solical region, you can say the solical realm, within the country of the supernatural realm. And there are other creatures, there are other solical beings that also live in the country of the soul, in the supernatural. And we've talked before about, and we're going to talk some more, about the Satan and his little buddies, his his creatures, let's say they live in the forests. That's their realm. That's their region. That's where what God created them, where God created for them to live and to dwell. And he created that space for them. He's, he's assigned them, this is where you're going to live. And other creatures, the angels, and there's different kinds of angels, there's different kinds of demons, there's different kinds of of even maybe even souls. We don't know about ghosts or things like that, disembodied souls. We don't know that what else, we don't know what happens to the soul before they come into our body or after they leave. But we do know that they're in the supernatural realm. And God has assigned these different regions, these different realms within the supernatural realm. And they don't bleed over. In other words, angels dwell in the supernatural realm. And we can say in the, in the angelic region, in the supernatural realm, but what's important to, to note is that they are not spiritual beings. 
They have souls and they have bodies, special kinds of bodies. But they can, because they are supernatural, they have power and authority over the natural. So they can make themselves known in forms that you and I can relate to here on this earth using our natural senses. They have to do that. It has to appear to them. Uh, it has to. It's, a, it's an action they do. They take in order for us to to see them. Likewise, the more we become familiar with how our soul operates, we gain understanding how the solical realm works within the supernatural realm. And I think this is part of what we, because this is so unfamiliar to so many people, we have a tendency to just gravitate back to what everybody else does, what everybody else understands, and accept that, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever state we're in when we leave this particular earth zone, God will have mercy on us. God will have us start the next thing and it's it's not our fault, it's not our responsibility, and it's not. Instead it's our opportunity. If if this is making sense to you, if the whole concept of your soul having power and authority over the natural realm and within the supernatural realm and by that I mean, we've talked about these different regions. They're, they're different regions. They, they have different qualities. The mountains are different than the lowlands. The plains are different than the coasts. The, the deserts are different than, than by the lakes. There's different regions. But they're all in the supernatural realm. But there's all, there's inequality, there's a common, there are common characteristics to all solical beings. It means similar things, and we don't know exact, I'm not going to say that, you know, that all the solical beings have a mind, will, and emotions, they're the same kind of soul that we have. But, but we can at least propose that all solical beings are in a measure equal. The similarities are far greater than the differences. That, for instance, an angel or even a demon has a mind, has a will, has emotions, has an understanding of God. Now, the big difference between all them all the other solical beings that live in the supernatural realm, and again, we're slowly learning how that functions, how that operates, how that power and authority works. The big difference between all them and you and I is that we are also spirit. Angels are not spirit beings. Demons are not spirit beings. You and I are spirit beings. We're either dead in our spirit or alive in our spirit. 
if we are alive in Christ. Again, that, that higher realm, we have the power and authority within spirit and also in and over the supernatural realm and in and over the natural realm. So if you've been born again, if you've been if your soul is in the process of being restored because your spirit has been enlivened by God himself, you already have all the power and authority over the soul realm. <coughs> that means you have that power and authority over the angels, over the demons, over any ghosts, over any any kind anything dwelling in the supernatural realm because you are a spirit being not because you're special and gifted and god thinks you're you you know you're god's little honey no it's simply because you have been born again you have been re-spirited and he that is the least in the kingdom the kingdom of the spirit you and i is greater than any that have not been. The think of the greatest follower of God in the in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that has not been restored. Their spirit has not been restored. As soon as your your spirit was enlivened, you became greater than them. Elijah, David. Think any any prophet, any judge, any leader. Anybody, Jeremiah, you're greater than them. Not because you are better than them, but because you are spirit. Now, this is another question we, we run up against, is the whole concept of time. And we... We can talk about, and it's fun to contemplate, what was Jesus doing after his crucifixion and before his resurrection? Preaching, he was revealing himself to those who had already passed away, who had already died in the flesh. Without that restoration, even believing, you know, Abraham, he believed and it was counted to him as righteousness. But he still didn't have his spirit quickened. I think maybe maybe Jesus went to th- to and fro throughout wherever dead souls go. However that works, it'll be interesting to hear, interesting to learn. And he revealed himself. And I don't think God ever does anything as a waste. So if he revealed himself, I believe they were able to be respirited. So we could perhaps say that some that went before us were the first Christians. Let's say Abraham and David and Samuel, maybe even Adam and Eve. That Jesus in the ground, except he hadn't been resurrected yet, right? And it wasn't the crucifixion that changed everything. The crucifixion paid the price. 
But it wasn't until the resurrection that new life was available. So he revealed himself. Then when he was raised, so if was there a first? Because now we start talking about time and how our thought processes are so consumed by time being linear and absolute. When we know it actually isn't, when we start talking about the actual science of time, it's not linear, it's not um, constant. Time does slow down and time does speed up. But think about, you know, David and Abraham and those who who believed in the promises of God. But were not there for their fulfillment. Those promises were, were not fulfilled until the resurrection. Not the crucifixion. So when Christ rose again, and all those that he had revealed himself to were all waiting for that resurrection. And all of us who were waiting, God had revealed himself to us even in our day, even today, even though the resurrection happened 2,000 years ago. He only resurrected once. We all join in in that resurrection. All our sins were forgiven at that at that crucifixion. He doesn't crucify himself. He's not crucified again day after day after day, and then it raised day after day after day after day. There's only one crucifixion and one resurrection. And regardless of whether how how many years, how much time separates us whether before or after or even laterally. There's a level of understanding there that we haven't that people haven't been exposed to it. But when God reveals himself, when Jesus reveals the the promise, the nature of the promise, how does it change the nature of time? Because as a spirit being, we are not restricted by time. As a soulical being, we are not restricted by time. So, again, going back to Abraham and Jacob and David, you and I and David and Abraham and Jacob have all been Christians for the same amount of time. Because there is no time. If God reveals himself, and draws and brings new life and is gives that new spirit, that spirit is eternal. It's not related to time. Eternal is not more. It's a totally different kind. That's part of our challenge, isn't it? Is we, we have made assumptions about things and because we our mind, our soul, can't understand it, we draw conclusions anyway. We think eternal life is just more life. When it's not, it's, a, it's God life. 
It's a characteristic of God himself. And when we, you know, we talk about God's love, we think it must be something to do, have some connection with our own, the, the kind of love we feel, whether it's the natural kind of love, say for a parent, for a child, or a solical kind of love, where we are trying to get our needs met. And yet it's something, the nature of God, which is love, is totally different than anything we experience and understand in our soul or our body. Only that can only come through spirit. It's not through our understanding or through our physical body. So the more we can accept that this is God God's opportunity to teach, to teach us and to draw us to meet our needs, to let him do his thing on his terms in his way. We are all we are all in this together. This is not we're we're not behind, we're not ahead, we're all one. Every all those who have come before are in Christ. All that have yet to come are in Christ. You and I are in Christ. We are all crucified. Our sins are all forgiven at the same time. And we raise our risen in him all at the same time. And then we can start talking about the reconciliation of all things. That God is not separated. He doesn't have part of his being that is in the dark, that is not redeemed. But that's for a whole other time. So for right now, start start there that that who you are in Christ, you are part of a, a community that spans since humanity began. You're, this is a time for opportun- taking advantage of opportunities and for exploration. So um, we'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Continue to send me questions and feedback. It's always good to hear from you. Diane at therainersclub.org or through the contact form on the website. We'll be getting back together again same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.